so we really are celebrating eight years today. Uh, eight years, eight years as a church family. Amen. Uh, we, we celebrate this. We just celebrate this every year. And, and I get reminiscent. I get, you know, I get a little misty every year as I think about, you know, the days from the beginning. Uh, some of the early days, you know, some of those early days, there was some grind back in the early days. Uh, and it was beautiful because God was in it then. Um, we, have, we have some folks here right now. The Waylands are here today. I don't know if you guys know them. Put your hands up, Waylands. They were here right at the tip-top beginning, even before it even began. Uh, uh, Ed and Kelly Wayland, good friends of ours, and we just appreciate you guys. Um, Mother Ray, I think, is out having some ice cream right now. Mother Ray uh, was here pretty early on, pretty, pretty early. She's 90 years old this year. She turned 90. And I was talking to her this week about the celebration. I said, Mother Ray, there's one thing I don't understand. How is it that over the course of eight years, everybody in this church has gotten older except for you and me? And, and by God's grace, somehow, he has just maintained this. And she agreed with me on that. And I just thank her for that. I give glory to her for that. Uh, it's, been an, it's been an awesome eight years. And it, it, you know, it couldn't have happened, number one, without God's faithfulness and provision. Number two, without you guys, without you serving and leading and, and developing life groups and, and, and honoring one another and taking care of one another. It's just been an amazing eight years. And a couple of our staff, a few of our staff members, uh, led by Emily Board, uh, put together a, uh, a little montage that I want to show you. Just a quick little montage video. Check this out. y'all remember the brass band? Anybody remember the big band that we used to have? Amen. Nine people. Praise the Lord. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, man, it's just been an amazing eight years, and I, I praise God. I honestly, besides what God 
the, the day God saved me, and then the day God gave me my wife and, the, and my kids, besides those days, uh, this has been the greatest joy in my life. This has been the best eight years of my life, bar none. And I'm just grateful to you and grateful and honored uh, to get to do this. I praise God every day for it. Uh, so we're going to celebrate on your way out. Um, after service today, uh, there's an ice cream truck out there. And I've been told to tell you that the ice cream is free. So don't get your wallet out and just, just go pick up some ice cream. Actually, it's not free, but you already paid for it. Okay, so thank you. Thank yourself for the ice cream that you already paid for. All right. Um, uh, it's out there in the, in the ice cream truck. Uh, get some balloons for your kids. We got so if you want to grab a, a picture frame and take a picture of yourself in a frame, we even have a hashtag. This is how, this is how uh, advanced we are. Put up that hashtag for you. If my hashtag my family and me, you can hashtag that, and then you can find each other's pictures. But have fun today. Just celebrate. Just celebrate with each other. Take some time to get to know somebody. Enjoy somebody today. Uh, and let's celebrate what God has been doing. Amen? Amen. Now, I just want you to know I'm not closing the sermon, the service right now. I'm actually going to preach. I got a few minutes to preach. So I'm going to preach for the next few minutes because we're launching a brand new series. It's called Direction. It's called Direction. And the idea behind this series ties in with the anniversary in the sense that I am grateful for what God has done in our past, but we're not a past-looking type of people. We don't just stare off into the past. I'm excited to see about the direction that God wants to take us in the future. I'm excited to see where he wants to take you in the future, where he wants you to go. Um, how many of you have ever, how many of you ever, you can just admit it this morning and just be prepared to admit this, confess this. How many of you have ever gotten lost while driving? How many, how many every, yeah. You can volunteer for the person next to you. You can raise your hand on their behalf. Um, when I was a kid, I, I remember my sisters were going to take a road trip, and they were going to leave here, St. Louis. They were going to go to a little town called Lancaster, Ohio, where we had lived for a few years. And this was their first road trip. They were teenagers. This was their first road trip on their own. They had their little, you know, cooler with their food. They had their little map. They had everything ready to go. They had the, the car all fueled up, and they take off. Now, I wasn't on the trip with them, um, but... And if I had been, things would have turned out differently, by the way. Let me just say, no. Uh, they, they, I do remember the trip clearly, though, because I remember about four hour, hours after they left, we got a call at our house on the landline. And uh, my dad answered the, 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 the call, and he was like kind of pausing. and Uh-huh, okay, yeah. And what I found out later is that on the other line, my sister, Sharenda, said, Hey, Dad, yes, um, is Memphis on the way to Ohio? Uh, for those of you who are geographically challenged, let me tell you, Memphis is not on the way to Ohio, okay? What they meant to do was to take 70 East towards Lancaster, Ohio. How many of you know that little interchange across the freeway can be a little bit confusing? They ended up taking 55 South down to Memphis. And it wasn't because they were trying to go the wrong way. They weren't trying to, to, to go in a, a, a different path. They just got the wrong directions. They got, they got the directions mixed up. How many of you know sometimes in our life, we don't end up where we want to end up, where we need to end up, where we should end up? And it's not because we don't want to. It's not because we're trying to end up somewhere else. It's just that we, we went the wrong direction in our life. Is anybody with me this morning? In some circumstance in your life, you took a detour. You took a detour. You, got the, you went the wrong direction. And now in your spiritual life or in your relationship or in your financial life or in some aspect of your life, you're going... This isn't where I intended 
to end up when I took off on the trip. I started the trip with an idea in mind. This is not the idea that I had in mind. I've somehow gone a wrong direction. I've somehow in my life taken a detour, and this is not where God wants me to be. This is not where I need to be. I've turned the wrong direction. We're going to look for the next few weeks on this topic about directions. This is going to be the most practical sermon series that I've ever preached, okay? Because what we're going to do is we're going to look at collectively as a church family, God's direction for your life in every area of your life, in every big area of your life, dating, marriage, sex, money, friendships, all of the stuff that you, that is your life. God actually has directions for that. He's got direction for your life in all of these areas. And what we're going to do is we're going to spend some time exploring God's direction. And then what we're going to do is we're going to each get the option of deciding whether to apply God's direction to our life or whether we would like to take a different direction, whether we would like to go a direction other than the direction that he's pointing us. We're going to decide that. This is going to be a road trip. It's going to be, depending on how long the sermon series is, four-week, seven, eight, nine-week road trip that we're going to be on, okay? We'll find out. But, but that's what we're going to do over the next eight, nine weeks is we're going to look at God's direction. I want to start with a premise scripture. It's from Psalm 119. It says this. It says, how sweet are your words to my taste. This is speaking to God, the psalmist. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts. That means your directions. I actually gain understanding from listening to what you have to tell me. Therefore, I hate every wrong path. I hate it when I walk down the wrong path. I hate it when I end up down a rabbit trail. I hate it when I walk down the wrong path and I end up in a place that I don't want to end up. Somebody ever, you know, if you've ever ended up somewhere you didn't want to end up, you, you know, you, you know you got there because you went the wrong direction. Then he says this. I love what he says. It says, your word is a lamp unto my feet. Your word is a light unto my path. In other words, God... You want to direct my life. You, you, you're trying to direct my life. You give me directions. And when I follow your directions, I, I, my path is illuminated. I see where I'm going. I see where I'm supposed to go. I avoid the pitfalls. I can follow your direction. The idea of this series is that the, the subtitle is direction from here to there. How to get from here to there. The presumption is that where you are right now is not your final destination in life. Okay. Where you are right now in your career, in your relationship, in your spiritual life, in your every aspect of your finances, that's not your final destination, right? Right? If you got a pulse, you got a purpose, somebody. You know what I mean? You're not done. You're not done, all right? You, you have not reached your final destination yet, right? So, so part of the premise is you're, you're, you're on a path. You're on a road trip. You're going somewhere, right? So this is not where you're going to end up. There is a place where you'll end up, but we need to figure out how to get from here to there. And there are a few elements that we need to employ and we need to grasp if we're going to get from here to there. The first one is what I would call a diagnosis. Diagnosis means I need to figure out, I need to diagnose my current location. I need to know where I am right now. How many of you know you, you don't know how to get to where you're going if you don't know where you are right now, right? If you don't know where you are right this moment. You can't figure out how to get to where you're trying to get. In fact, I, I, I went to like five different stores this week. Some of you may not recognize this. This is an ancient artifact from the early 90s. Um, has anybody ever seen one of these? 
couple of you guys, yeah, right? This is called a road atlas. And um, this, I found this at an antique store this week. And, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, but I did go to like five different places. And people literally, like I was going to, I was at CVS, I was at Walgreens, I was at Shell, I was all these. And they would literally, I'd say like, do you have a road atlas? And it was like, they looked at me like I was not speaking, you know, King's English. They're like, and so anyway, anyway, I found this road atlas. Um, we don't use these anymore. And the reason we don't use these anymore, and the reason that you can't find these at your local CVS, is because we have technology that is better than this. Now, our technology is better than this. Why is our technology better than this? Our technology is better than this because our current technology, which is a GPS system, actually tells us where we are. Like if I plug in a destination in my car, in my, in my GPS, I get a little icon on my map and it shows me where I am. Because if I don't know where I am, then I don't know how to get to where I'm going. Some of us have to figure out, we have to do a little diagnostic work in our soul this morning. We need to pause and go, God, where, where am I? Am I where you want me to be? Am I in the place that you want me to be? Is this relationship in, in the place where it needs to be? God, am I, am I at the, at the pl point in my life? Am I doing what you want me to be doing? Am I on the path? It's diagnostic. It's a diagnostic tool. So you've got to figure out, number one, where are you? It's a diagnosis. It's a diagnosis. How many of you, does anybody want one of these? Anybody need one of these? Like nobody even wants it. Nobody wants it? You want it, brother? Come on. You will never use this. So um, the, the, the reality is, like, I'll give you another example. Here's what you need. Here's what you need to figure out where to get to. When I take my kids to the mall, they want to go to the Disney store. That's where they want to go. I, I, I plead with them. I beg them. I urge them. Let's not go to the Let's go somewhere else. Let's go to the dollar store. The dollar store, not the Disney store. But they want to go to the Disney store. So we go into the mall. We go into the mall. And then you got to find the Disney store. Okay, so you go down the list on the big mall map, right? Go down the list and it says Disney store B7. So you go, okay, here's B, here's seven. Put your coordinates in, you find the Disney store, right? The problem is if you don't know where you are, it doesn't help you to know where the Disney store is, right? That's why they invented these, and I'm so grateful. This icon right here, you are here, right? If you need to, if you need to figure out how to get to where you're going, it begins with a diagnosis of where you are. We do this as an individual. We do this in our relationships. We do this as a church. Our staff does this every week. We get together every week as a staff and go, okay, where are we? How are things? We, that's why that's we get your prayer requests. Your prayer requests are a diagnosis for where you're at. And so we can pray for you about where God wants you to go. So we have to start on this path. In order to get from here to there, we have to start with the diagnosis. The second thing, the second element you need is a destination. You need to know where you're going. Put that next slide up. Destination. You need to figure out where you're supposed to land, right? Otherwise, you're going to be like, like, you know, back in the, a few years ago, when I was in high school, we used, to, we used to just drive around. Anybody ever just drive around? That was like the whole thing. Like, we would, we would go to Taco Bell on Dorset and 270, and then we would go to White Castle, and then we would, like, go over to the Schnooks parking lot, and Schnooks was closed, so it was just a parking lot. It was just a parking lot. And then, you know, on a Friday night, that would be our routine. Where are you going? We're going to go to Taco Bell, and then we'll be at Schnucks, and then, and then we're probably going to go to White Castle. And it was just like, you actually had nowhere to go, so you just wandered around, right? 
This is what some of us do in our life if we're not careful. If we don't understand that we have a destination, we have a destiny where God wants to take us. And if we don't understand that, if we don't get a revelation that God wants to take us somewhere, then our life is meandering around. We're on a walkabout in life. We're going around 270 in Dorset, stopping by the Taco Bell and the White Castle and the Schnooks, doing nothing with our life but just wandering around because we don't have a sense of our destination. God wants to teach us. He wants to show us. He's got places for us to go. And actually, the place that he has for you is probably better than the place that you imagine for yourself. Come on, somebody. He wants to take you somewhere. He wants to lead you somewhere. That's why we're on a path. That's why his word is a, a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, because he wants to illuminate our destination. Not just diagnose where we're at, but take us somewhere. So once we've got a diagnosis of where we're at and where we're trying to get to, that brings in the third element, which is direction. We got to we got to follow his direction. That's how we get from where we are to where we need to go. I'm going to give you another ancient, ancient, ancient practice that was done years ago in the 90s. People would actually stop and ask for directions. That was a thing. That was a real thing. You would pull over and you would ask a stranger to tell you how to get to where you need to go. How many of you ever heard somebody say, like your wife or somebody, why don't you stop and ask for directions? Anybody ever heard that? Okay, that means you're over a certain age, okay? Why don't you stop and ask for directions? The problem with stopping and asking for directions, at least this was my argument, how do I know that they know anything more than I know, right? Because people give different kinds of directions. You just roll up to a stranger and roll down the window and say, hey, can you help me get you know, over to uh, St. Anne? And then they go, you know, it depends. Some people are like technical, north, south, east, west type folks. They'll be like, okay, you go, you know, four degrees northeast, then you, then you bang a, a, a west about 0.07 miles, and then you do a northwest to the southeast quadrant of the, you know, and you're just like, I've lo I, lost, I lost you at west, okay? I don't even know who you, I don't, I don't know what you're saying. Other people are like, they just, they have landmarks in their mind that they use but you don't, you know, they'll be like, what you do is you just go down to this pothole, there's a pothole up here, and then you take a left by the White Castle, and you end up over there by the schnooks, and then you go over to the shopping safe, and then right above you, there'll be a crow's nest. And if you look just past that, then you're going to find, you know, St. Anne. And you're like, okay, right? And you just drive off. Um, oh, thank you. Uh, my grandfather used to do this thing where he didn't like to admit when he was lost in the car. He was, an old, he was an old preacher here in St. Louis, had a big old preacher car, Lincoln, you know, a preacher car. And, then, and I would be a little kid in the preacher car, and we would be going somewhere, and I would say, you know, it seemed like we're going a long time for just a short distance. And I would go, Grandpa, are we lost? And then he would do this thing, which was an awesome move when you're young enough because he can pull it off. He'd go, no, I just wanted you to see this. Uh, and then whatever it was, we happened to be driving by at that I just want you to see this laundromat because your grandma used to go to this laundromat and then we'll pull into the parking lot of the laundromat and then I'm going, oh, you know, okay, that's a nice laundromat. And then we pull out and go the opposite direction. You know, it's like, so I do that all the time now with my kids. Most of them can still, they're like, dad, are we lost? I'm like, no, this is, I want you to see the back of this gas station here because you probably have never seen one before. It's a nice poles and stuff and there's other things and so anyway that's the back of a gas station boys you know 
Because you don't like to ask for directions because number one, it means, it means you're lost, okay? You, it's an admission of being lost. It's an admission of need. I'm lost, I need some direction, right? And the second one is because you don't, you don't know whose direction you're gonna get. And you don't know if those directions are gonna be good. So you're not sure if you wanna ask for direction. The, rea the reality is this, your, your destination is determined by whose directions you take. Your, your, your destination, because as it turns out, you're already taking directions from somebody. You're already listening to some voice or other. Somebody is already speaking into your life. Whether you realize it or not, you're absorbing directions from someone. Somebody on social media or somebody on television or somebody in the movies or somebody in a magazine. You're absorbing directions from someone and they are directing your life whether you recognize it or not. Anybody ever had a backseat driver in your car? Anybody ever had that? Yeah. I never have had that. I've never experienced that. I've never had a backseat driver in my car. Amen. 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 Pull the parachute, preacher. Come on. We got Celebration Sunday. Every... No. Um, but when you get a backseat driver, I'm talking about my mother-in-law. I was not talking about my wife, if that's what you thought. Uh, is, is, you know, you get, you, get different, you get different voices in your life. You're not sure which way to go. The premise of this series is that there is a direction that God wants to give you. And, and there's two, two premises, right? The first one is this. When you listen to God's direction for your life, when you listen to God's direction for your life, you will end up in a destination that is better than the destination where you currently are. Okay? You will end up in a better place than your current location. That's number one. Number two is you will end up in a better place than the place that you would end up if you listen to somebody's directions other than God. So we're going to spend a few weeks listening to the direction of God. God, where do you want me to go? Where am I now? Where do you want me to end up? And how do you want me to get there? Not just me, not just you, us as a church, us as a community. God, where do you want us to go? How do we get there? Because, because... I believe, and I'm going to tell you my bias right out of the gate. I won't spring this on you four weeks from now. My belief is that, is that following God's direction will bring you fullness of life. First thing that will happen was that it will bring you joy. God's direction will bring you joy. It, it's, we, think, we think a lot of times that following God's direction is a constraint. That, it's, that it keeps us from getting the fullness of who we are, becoming the fullness of who we are. My premise to you, and, and you can try this. This is the beauty of this. You can apply God's directions to your life and just see. My premise is that it will bring you joy. My, my mother-in-law, I'm going to make up to my mother-in-law right now for what I said just a minute ago. She makes amazing uh, banana nut bread. It's amazing. It's very good. It's delicious. It's incredible. It's exquisite banana nut bread. It's amazing. And the reason that it's so good and it's so consistently good is that she follows the same recipe every time. She's got good directions to make something good. And the, the goal of the directions, the goal of the recipe is to make the cake taste sweet. That's the goal. God's direction for your life is to make your life sweet. It's to make your life right. It's to bring joy. It's to bring wholeness to your life. That's what the 
that's what the purpose of God's direct is not to constrain you, it's not to, to make you mad, it's not to be angry at you, it's not to be mean, it's to give you joy in your life. Here's how the psalmist puts it right here. He says, direct me, give me direction, God, in the path of your commands, because that is where I find delight. God's direction for your life is for your good. It's for your joy. It's to bring delight into your life. It's to bring a greater sense of joy in your life. That's, that's, the, that's the reason he gives you direction, because he wants you to be full. He wants you to flourish. I have come that you might have life, and that more abundantly. He says, I, I didn't come to give you directions to make you upset and to hurt your feelings. I gave you directions to bring you joy, right? The second thing you're going to find is this. God's direction makes you whole. It makes you whole. When you are in a situation where you are hearing many different voices and you are trying in different areas of your life to go down different paths, right? And you're listening to all different kinds of input, you end up with what I would call a compartmentalized life, a fractured life, where one part of your life is compartmentalized from another part of your life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where you're like, okay, I'm listening to this person for this. Right? I'm listening to that person for this. God, I'm going to give you this little piece of my life, but I'm going to use my own wisdom over here on this piece of my life. And pretty soon you've got a compartmentalized life and you're fractured and you're not whole. There's no wholeness. There's no integrity to your life because your life is moving in a hundred different directions. You're hearing voices from all different directions. When I became, I became a Christian, I became a follower of Jesus at 33 years old. Okay, 33 years old. That's when I became a Christian. In that moment, in that moment, in, in the subsequent months, in that moment and the subsequent months. Okay, it was a road trip. Uh, I didn't get to the destination. But my life began, the, the, compartment, the compartments in my life began to break down. And they began to collapse into one, right? And there began, there began to be a wholeness to my life. The, script, the scripture calls it integrity. There's a wholeness to your life, right? Because now you're listening to one voice. And you're listening to one direction from one person. And, oh, it turns out that the person who's giving you the direction also made the, the, the globe that you're on, right? He actually made the location. He created the location. He created you. He's got direction for your life. He made your de destination. He's able to diagnose you. So he's able to give you direction to where you're supposed to go. It's been transformative for me to be able to go, I'm going to try to follow this one voice. Doesn't mean that other voices don't come in and that I don't ever get, go like, oh, am I going on a detour? But I know Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. I'm a shepherd. I'm going to lead you. I'm gonna, you're going to follow my voice and I'm going to lead you somewhere good. I'm going to lead you into a place of protection and hope and healing and goodness and grace and love. So take my direction. Look at this scripture here. I love this. It says, trust in the Lord. Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. This means follow his direction. Lean not unto your own understanding. That means don't follow your own direction. Follow his direction. In all your ways, submit to him, and he's going to make your path straight. He's going to guide you down the path that he wants you to go down. And it says this, do not, do not be wise in your own eyes. Stop and ask for directions, right? Stop and ask for directions. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, which means honor, respect, listen to him. Shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. You will find wholeness. You will find wholeness in following God. This is the premise. You can try this out. You can apply this. Last thing I want to say is this. God's direction flows from God's love. The reason God gives the kind of direction that he gives to you 
is because he loves you. He loves you. That's why he's asking you to do or telling you to do X, Y, or Z. Because that direction is flowing from his love. He desires the good of his children. And when you desire the good of your children, sometimes you know that your children don't always know what's best. But you're going to tell them where they should go because you love them and you don't want them to be harmed. So you're going to give them direction to go down a path because that path will lead to their flourishing. The reason you want them to flourish, you love them, right? One of the, one of the, I try not to yell at my children, just parental confession. I try not to raise my voice. The one time that I am not apologetic about raising my voice at my children is if they're about to enter into a, an imminent and catastrophic danger. And then the, this preacher will yell at the top of his lungs. And it was actually a few years ago, my five-year-old Augustine, I remember this very, very clearly, was leaving our house, was, we were on, you know, in, our, in our house. He comes down off the porch, he goes down on the sidewalk. He, I think he saw somebody across the street or something, and he's running straight towards the street, three years old. And the, the volume that came out of my body was high, high decibel level loud and it was it was it sounded mean actually i'm not even gonna imitate it it was loud don't do it it was loud so loud that it frightened him like he froze up then little tears started coming down his face right he was scared he was upset he's not used to dad yelling at him like that right and i don't know maybe there was a better way to do it i don't know i don't know Electric fence? I don't know. You know, maybe I don't know. <laughs> but but I, had, I had to yell because I had to get his attention because I love him. God loves you. That's why he's giving you the directions that he's giving you. He loves you. He loves you. He doesn't want your harm. He doesn't want you harming yourself. He doesn't want you stuck. He doesn't want you going round and round by White Castle and Schnooks. He wants, he wants something for you, so he's trying to give you direction because he loves you. Last scripture, I'm gonna give you this, and we're close. I will instruct you, I'm gonna teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye. I'm looking after you. I'm counseling you with my loving eye. I want you to take the direction because I love you. Look at this, I like this. Don't be like the horse or the mule. Any horses or mules out there today? No. That's not you. Do not, do not be like the horse and the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. In other words, don't, don't be forced into it. Don't, don't, like a horse with a bit in his mouth. Like, don't, don't get in a situation where suddenly you're jerked to the left or jerked to the right, or you hit a tragedy, or something pushes you or pulls you. Listen to me, because I love you, he says. Look at this. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. He's saying to you right now, I'm guiding you with love. Trust in my love. Listen to my direction. Listen to where I want you to go. I've got a destiny for you. I've got a destiny for you. I've got a destination for you. I know where you're at, right? And I can give you direction to get from here to there. So for the next few weeks, we're going to explore what this looks like for your life, for my life, for us as a church family. Would you stand with me as we close?
I want to pray for us as we close today. And my prayer for you, number one, is that you would just enjoy God today. You would celebrate Him. You would just, just soak in everything that He's doing in your life, right? And after you have your ice cream and balloons, I want you to start planning next Sunday. Because I want to, I want to take us on a trip through God's Word. I want us to spend the next several weeks exploring what he's got for us, what he's got for you, what he's got for me. Because I believe that when we follow God's direction, then we will get a deep, rich, and powerful understanding of how to get from where we are to where he wants us to be. Let me pray for you. Father, we come before you right now in gratitude for your love and for your word. We thank you, God, for your faithfulness and your provision. We thank you, God, for loving us. We thank you, God, for leading us. We thank you, God, for guiding us. We thank you for bringing us together and making us a family and, 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 and directing us down the path that you would have us go. We thank you that you are present here even now. We thank you that you're in our hearts. We thank you that you'll lead us, Lord God, through your word and through the ministry and through our, our life groups and through serving and all of the different ways. We just praise you, God, for your direction in our life. We ask, God, that you would lead us, guide us, never forsake us. Take us down the path that you would have us go. Because, God, we just want to ultimately bring honor, praise, and glory to you. We celebrate you this day. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen, amen. God bless you. Happy anniversary. We'll see you next Sunday. God bless.